0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great American Scream. My name is Devin Wright. My
1: name is Adam O'Connell. And Devin, why don't you take a seat round the campfire?
0: Oh, I'm so excited. But first, can I, um, I'm going to jump on your bit and take it and squish it down real small, okay? like a slice of bread, like you would do as kids, and okay. shove it in my mouth and eat it. Okay. And um, from that, after I've taken a nice big chomp of your bit, yum yum, um, I'm going to bring my bit now which is not actually a bit it's just being sincere good friends yeah because adam here we are at the end of july we're recording this at the end of july it's coming out uh a week uh like a week from now um how are you how are you holding up you're still in uh downstate new york yeah i
1: i mean you could have this this bit can happen around the campfire our campfire is a place for that's sincere friendship conversations but you know, here in uh downstate, not the city New York, uh it's hot and I am making a podcast, writing some things, yeah. you know, trying to be as spooky as I can, Morning Halloween Horror Nights, but knowing that they made the right decision. And yes. you know, just trying to be spooky 24/7.
0: Well, that's that's lovely. Uh I I did think of you when I saw the news about Halloween Horror Nights. Uh we hear over 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 yonder where I am, which I'll get to in a second, uh it was a it was a bit of news. We always share the news with each other and somebody mentioned that Halloween horror nights would be ending and we all kind of took a moment and then we then we uh soldiered on. But Adam, uh <laughs> uh why don't you describe kind of visually what it where it looks like I am? Because the lighting is not yeah, great.
1: Yeah, you are um, in a, it looks like a grandmother's or a Nana's house, um, okay. judging by the wallpaper and the arch doorway behind you and the cabinet. Um, mm-hmm. it also, I know it is daytime where you are, but it is very yes. dark. So it's possible that you're in like Alaska or okay. another <laughs> extreme of the hemisphere, even though I know that's not where you are, but yeah, that the the vibe is still there but it definitely looks like a house owned by some variety of grandparent yes well we're
0: not in my grandparents home sadly uh that you arch you My grandparent's home probably um <laughs> that arch behind me is actually a mirror uh which oh. is right over a very large bathtub because i'm in a bathroom that's I'm in a the bathroom. wallpaper
1: for a bathroom
0: yep i'm in a bathroom about 15 miles north of pier south dakota uh <laughs> So uh, that's a fun time. Uh, me and a group of, of fellow artists took uh, multiple weeks to quarantine safely, get tested for antibodies and tested for the virus itself. And uh, then we we trekked on out and we're making a uh, Adam, we're making a, a TV, a kind of series of episodes. Uh, yes, which a I've lot seen of which, pictures. A lot of which are spooky.
1: Yes, I've seen I saw pictures of you in your underwear near Area 51. Yeah. So well. That I was imagine- just that was just yeah, for me. I don't me. know. If, I don't know that if was that, was part that, of that it. picture was
0: just for me, and uh, actually, it was just for my close friends on my Instagram story. So how dare you share this <laughs> classified information? I'm gonna get a text from my manager saying that my nudes have leaked, and it'll be a picture yeah. of me in you my. You have to
1: follow if you want to cal- see more pictures of Devin in his underwear at Area Fifty One. You have to follow his Instagram and it's be an a close exclusive. enough friend
0: to be ad- added to my close friends. Story. that was not um, a close friends post yes it was
1: no it, it was wasn't. only on my close friends there's it no only, way
0: i was definitely on your regular one i swear one. to god because i <laughs> i made sure because i didn't want to post it on my main because i knew that i would get yelled at adam and now you've shared that with the world it's, they it's fine they can just envision what it looks like yeah you're probably pretty close nope skinnier <laughs> skinnier whiter yep more pale there you there you go Uh, but anyway that's where i am and when i know when these episodes will come out i'll be sure to let you know adam i won't let our listeners know just you just me um
1: but yeah um thanks for uh sharing that around the campfire you're Um, welcome there's a story tradition of of sharing tales around the campfire both real and imaginary
0: yeah Um, even around this campfire which is both of our computers yeah, several states apart
1: it's my laptop overheating while being attached to my mic and yep like a christmas lights extension cords on the floor oh, that's of my room. fun um but uh so uh, like i said there's the the tradition of telling stories around the campfire a storied one and some in fact some of my favorite spooky stories come from uh stories told around the campfire and like that good i thought
0: show uh, what is it for now? Are for you the afraid submission of the, dark? of the Midnight Society. Yeah, what? that's around the. That's Are You Afraid of the Dark? They go around. And oh yeah, like, okay, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright for the boys, and they give a story. Yeah,
1: but um, I thought it would be fun to talk today about uh, some of America's most popular urban legends, Ooh. and maybe even do a little bit of uh, myth busting and see if there's any oh, yes. truth to them. So, yeah, these are stories that you've probably heard passed around the internet or at camp or around the schoolyard or by older cousins at a slumber party, you know. But um, there have there've been countless movies and books based on these urban legends uh, and a lot of ones that use common tropes from them, because a lot of them do contain pretty common horror tropes. Um, so let's I think we should try and get to the bottom of some of these. Okay. Okay. Now we won't be talking about cryptids specifically in this episode because uh, hopefully hopefully they will soon get their own episode. Yeah, I think they'll get their they deserve some time. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> uh, but these uh, I, I handpicked a couple of uh common tales to kind of take a deep dive into. So okay. join us around this friendship campfire.
0: That is a we friendship begin. campfire. Wait, whoa, 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 yeah. wait. A friendship campfire implies that we're cooking friendship on the fire no and serving it up hot and fresh
1: (laughs) friendships around the campfire okay okay we're cooking s'mores on the campfire okay the first uh story that we're going to talk about is the babysitter and the man upstairs which you have probably heard before or some variation of it so um like for these uh legends stuff there's a lot of different versions of it depending on where you grew up and who told you of like how it's different Um, so this is kind of the most generalized or one of the most popular versions. And it goes like this. that a babysitter is hired to watch the children of a young couple. Uh, After the children go to bed, the babysitter stays up and watches TV when the phone rings. She answers it. And the man on the other line asks her, did you check the children? Now thinking this is a prank, she hangs up. But a short time later another call comes through and it's the same man who asks the same question. So she reasonably becomes freaked out and calls the police and they tell her to stay on the line so they can trace the call. When the call comes through Not a third works, time. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> when uh, the man comes through a third time, uh, he asks the same question. And after a few moments, the police intercept and say, take the children and get out. The call is coming from
0: inside, <laughs> inside the, house. the house. OK, yes.
1: Yeah, everyone's heard some variation of this uh, before. There's a couple of different ones. There's one where the kids don't make it to the end, or the babysitter gets killed too. Um, one where it turns out it's just like the older uh sibling doing a prank. One where uh oh, I copy pasted something strange. I was like, this line of sentences make any sense? Um, uh, but there's a couple of versions, and then there's one where um uh she's like in a restaurant years later. And they, she receives a call. Like the waiter comes over, is like call for you, ma'am. And it's the same man. Uh
0: huh. Um, in 2020, that happens. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um. So. Well, uh, wait. But,
0: but what does the man say if she's in the restaurant? Does she go? He like, asks does her he again. Go, did you check, did you check, the check the on the children? Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was more of a pasta mystery. Did you check <laughs> in the carbonara? And she's like, Oh no! There's there's <laughs> a ghost she, in my sketty.
1: There's a engagement ring inside, and it was actually a elaborate plan from her fiance. It was the man in the
0: fields upstairs.
1: <laughs> um, but anyhow, uh, there's also one I've heard. Go, I remember hearing it going around Facebook, where it's like a similar kind of story with a babysitter in a house with the kids going to bed, and. there's a creepy clown statue in the children's room and the babysitter calls the dad and she's like hey can I cover it up it's freaky and the dad is like get out we don't have a clown statue which I've always thought is kind of silly
0: I love that so much I love the idea because like if okay the the idea is like it's a full-grown killer clown right it's a murder disguised as a clown. Right. But why would you think that's a very good distinction to make? Thank you. Um, yeah. Why would you think that it's a statue and not a man? Like if it was a very yeah. tiny clown statue, like when I think of that a clown big, statue, if, if I think of the kind of clown statues you know, that you and I would have. Clown yeah.
1: statue.
0: It's about three feet tall. And so like three feet, that's a big clown statue. Yeah, I like to splurge. I like to treat myself. <laughs> I don't understand why it's... the dad wouldn't be like, "What kind of statue did my ch- Did one of my my one of my nasty kids bring home a clown statue? I didn't know about. Punish that yeah. child. They brought home a and clown." And the
1: idea that it took the babysitter, a presumably a lot of the night, to go, "Oh, I should cover that clown statue up." Yeah, and like she who? Was... Who would have a hyper-realistic, full, true-to-scale clown statue in their children's bedroom in an otherwise very normal house?
0: Yeah, hey, wait. She would have to, like, go into the room and see the clown standing perfectly still, (laughs) which, very good of that killer to also be trained in mime and be able to stand still for that long, and have to see it so many times that she was like, you know what? I'm going to ask to cover up the clown statue. No, that <laughs> yeah, would be rude. It took
1: her, it took her that, throughout the night yeah, to it would, finally it would go, you know what, this me. is the last straw.
0: <laughs> yeah, it would be rude of me to ask to cover the clown statue. I won't. And she went back downstairs and turned on the reruns of That's So Raven or whatever. <laughs> and then she was like, no, you know what? I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to yeah. ask if I can throw a throw pillow or a throw blanket over it.
1: Yeah, it That's makes a lot. no sense. It's slightly sillier than the original uh, version of this myth. But so this legend uh, can be traced back to the 1960s and I think is still one of the most popular, popularly like retold urban legends. I hear it everywhere in some kind of different variety. Um, There's a version of it in scary, scary stories to tell in the dark. And then uh, most notably, the plot of the 1979 movie, When a Stranger Calls, is inspired by this legend. It's like the inciting incident Um, in the first 20 minutes of the movie retells the story and it's regarded as one of the scariest openings in a horror movie ever rest of the movie just fine the first 20 minutes is really really
0: good I, I honestly I think I thought that that was the origin of it
1: I mean that's it's such a hugely popular thing that, that, that yeah. makes sense people it's very possible of people like seeing that's the movie it before they popular actually usage. yeah. yeah. Um, but so the question is Is this true? What what,
0: is what true, Adam? Is this? Did this happen? No, uh, no. It reads like a priest's homily. Like it's just (laughs) some man and some some babysitter. babysitter. I was talking to my friend's (laughs) daughter the other day, and she is a babysitter, and she.
1: Um, yeah, so this uh, urban legend is unconfirmed, but likely not. The thing about it is it's so general. Like, like a you priest said, homily, yeah. Yeah, that there's no way to completely rule out if something similar maybe happened. And the the babysitter murder trope we see in films like Halloween are often based on actual true crime cases. But yeah. this specific story with these specific details has never been reported to have like actually happened. Hmm.
0: I, I would like to make a little, uh, you know, how I used to. I was always so funny in the past of the podcast and now I'm not funny anymore because we've sold out <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to make a PSA, but not to the listeners, but to all of horror writers. Okay. We don't need uh, when when we're basing stories off of stuff that happened. It's way harder to be artistic about it. Like we talked about in it, like how the the you didn't need to base that homophobic hate crime on a real homophobic hate crime. In fact, that lessens the message you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say blanket. Just don't do that. You know, <laughs> no,
1: no more horror based on true stories.
0: No, like on true like crime where people got hurt and killed. OK, it sucks. Okay, we don't, don't want to have to see a person get sliced in half and be like, "Did you know that that a person was actually sliced in half?" That's no fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was living in my fantasy world where this only happens in movies. Yeah,
0: I was like, living in the in the world where Art the Clown did that to this one lady in the pretend world, and that's all that oh, happened.
1: Ter- uh, as of recording the episode today, Terrifier two trailer came out yesterday, and he's back, oh, baby.
0: Oh, he's back and more artsy than ever.
1: <laughs> um but also a, a thing i wanted to mention because we'll talk about it with the rest of the urban legends too is like there ha- there is a reason that stories like this get passed around often it's because of a cautionary tale or some kind of cultural moment um but right. i couldn't really decide like what uh this one would be you know like what is, what is is this a cautionary tale about something is it a metaphor for something else
0: yeah i i, I think it It might just stem from uh, we've talked about this a few different times before of it might just be a cultural thing of like Mm -hmm. the 50s and 60s. You had like home phones starting to be more common and you had uh, this like weird uh, creation of the American nuclear family. And so you had like parents going out on date night and leaving their children with some random 14 year old girl that lived in the neighborhood. And so like those two things coming together to be like strangers being able to call you and yeah. having this, like leaving a home and children to the responsibility of some random young woman. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. and every um, uh, cultural changes and cultural shifts, especially in America, always lead to a new kind of horror or a new right. horror trope or popular storyline. Um, yeah. So it, it totally makes sense that this would kind of spark the... The like you never know who's really living in your neighborhood or right. um the very like monsters are due on Maple Street Twilight Zone kind of thing. Yeah. Like you never yeah. know what could be in
0: your very own home. Right. And that kind of cultural shift leading to horror a lot of the time can lead to, you know, problematic tropes of mm. uh of oh, there are strangers in your neighborhood is like definitely a racially charged thing of like yeah, black Americans being able to live in formerly white. Uh, suburbs, but like other times, it can lead to like <laughs> good horror because <laughs> yeah, I exactly. consider that first one bad.
1: <laughs> um. So here's another one, another very popular urban legend that I want to talk about. Um. I'm calling this one the Hook, but it goes <gasps> by several. Is this is yeah. this
0: man car hook Yes, car... <laughs> this, this is say man I car hookarded. Right. Or...
1: Man, I mean, if you should think about it from narrative structure, man of car, man in the car. Hand yeah. hook car door like okay. that's the, the order man car the hand story. hook car door
0: that's the yeah, exactly. um, that's the uh Mr. Man uh Sandman man, Sandman me, a sand, man me a sand making yeah. the greatest man car hook car hand, cardor, car, hand. Hook hand. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but um <laughs> so this legend again has a lot of variations, some more violent and gorier than others but there's a general thread going through all of them which is as follows so there's a young couple in a car, usually at some kind of makeout point or lover's lane, which why did we ever stop doing that as a culture?
0: Um, there's actually a very interesting I, I know you don't want me to be the, the <laughs> to ruin your day and tell you, but um. the, like sexual liberation of, of teenagers because of the widespread uses of cars. Is mm-hmm. like actually a very interesting one. Anyway, you, that wasn't your question. Oh, yeah, it Keep is. Going.
1: I'm just wondering why we no longer drive
0: places to to make out with people. Cause the kids be doing it on the internet. They'd be doing it over the Snapchats, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> okay, so um they're at this makeout point or Lover's Lane, getting ready to get down to business. When suddenly a, a news bulletin on the radio reports that a serial killer with a hook for a hand <gasps> has escaped from some local institution. and in some stories, it's an asylum and some it's a prison, but it's just some kind of institution. So the boy brushes it off uh-huh. unfazed. And also this story from the 1950s. So you kind of have to picture it as like the greaser and like right. the, the ride. i high cheerleader and stuff. But so he brushes it off. But the girl becomes worried and asks him to take her home. To which she reluctantly agrees. So he drops her off. And when he gets out of the car to open her car side door, he's horrified to see a bloodied hook hanging off of the driver's side door. The hash
0: slinging slasher.
1: Yeah. Now, I've always thought the, the, the wildest implication to this is that somehow the the killer's hand came off of him. Like, presumably... He's committed many murders, hook intact, before. Yeah. But something that happened with this car caused him to. Leave. He's <laughs> harmless now. He doesn't have the hook. I really like the idea that
0: this story is actually like a. It's a close call. He's like, yeah. Oh my god the the hand the hand hook car door man hooked onto my car, but then I drove away, not knowing. And poor poor hook. Well, hookless hand car door man yeah. now is somewhere out there without a hook. It's over now. He doesn't have a weapon anymore. Good job, greaser.
1: Yeah. Go grease there's lightning. There's several... You're
0: taking off his big <laughs> hook hand. Grease lightning. Go grease
1: <laughs> <laughs> So there's a lot of variations on this one as well, especially involving the uh, fate of the couple. In a lot of them, a lot of them are less the heroic tale of how they stopped the hook man and more one or both of them gets killed Usually involving the hook. And interestingly, sometimes uh, a lot of them end with somebody's head getting severed, which, okay. like, how do you with the hook? Like, if it was like a machete, I get it. But
0: yeah, I think severing um, a head with a hook would be really difficult. So I didn't know before we get into uh, a little, little bit more of the history, I do want to, I didn't know that this was a real story. The only reference I've ever heard of this story is a 4chan post that was very popular on the internet. And I'm going to mm-hmm. do a dramatic reading of it to you okay. now. Go ahead. Man and girl go out to drive under oh, I should say. This was posted by Anonymous on June nineteenth, twenty one day before my birthday. Wow. At, a relic. At twelve thirty-eight AM. That's good. Man and girl go out to drive under moonlight. They stop at on at a side of road. He turned to his girl and say, quote, Baby, I love you very much. <laughs> End quote. Quote, what is it, honey? End quote. Quote. Presumably this is the man again. Our car is broken down. I think the engine is broken. I'll walk and get some more fuel. End quote. Girl says, okay, I'll stay here and look after our stereo. (laughs) (laughs) There have been news report of stereos being stolen. Of stereos being stolen. Okay, I see. Man says, good idea. Keep the doors locked no matter what. No matter what. I love you, sweaty, which I think is where sweaty comes from. <laughs> is that from, where that comes unquote. from? <clears throat> this is a stunning conclusion. Okay. Uh, well, it's it, whatever. It's the penultimate. <laughs> so the guy left to get full for the car. After two hours, the girl say, where is my baby? He was supposed to be back by now. Then the girl hear a scratching sound and voice say, let me in. Now this is the conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, go for it. The girl doesn't do it, and then after a while, she goes to sleep. You know. (laughs) The next morning, she wakes up and finds her boyfriend still not there. She gets out to check, and man door, hand hook car door. (laughs) (laughs) What
1: part of 4chan was this
0: posted to? I'm hopefully, like, I hope it was the on like the scary slash, board. I hope it was on like slash VP, the Pokemon board. You know, <laughs> just cause. I just, yeah. I, genuinely, this is there are always posts or vines or videos that can always make you crack up laughing, and I would just like see this on Tumblr in high school, and just I couldn't read the phrase man door hand hook car door.
1: It's very like that's what memified this story was oh this 4chan God. post. And that's honestly, I think, what a lot of people associate that story with now. Like, it's no longer a scary legend because people just think of this 4chan post. I thought that this guy just made that up. <laughs> oh,
0: no, I no, 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 this no. Man... This has
1: existed for a long time.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: It actually, the story re- uh, report da- dates back to the late 1950s. Um, and the first publication of the story in print was actually a submission in a Dear Abby column, which was like a newspaper oh. advice column, if you don't know. Yes. Um, and the story, who was sent in by a Jeanette, uh, oh, concluded, Jeanette. With, concluded with, "concluded I will never park to make out as long as I live. I hope this does the same for other kids.
0: Whoever that Abby was, she made that story up. She was like, I so? heard that the kids are making out on pills, but I'm not Gotta that good a of a storyteller. <laughs> Man, man, door hook, hand, car door.
1: Yeah. So, um, this myth is very often interpreted as a morality tale about sexuality. Um, originally, kind of created to scare teens away from sexual deviance and the sexual right. revolution. Um, further, it's also been interpreted as a comment on adults' like weird obsession with keeping teens from having sex. Yes. Um, Post- with the hook modern. man. Yeah, with the hook man representing like the adults that threat rather than the actual threat of of teenage sexuality sexuality
0: and it also is is this the story where that the hash slasher is from like I, this because like, the idea of like the hook hand as a dude as like a horror trope i feel like doesn't really i don't i feel like i don't see that a lot i feel like that's more of a pirate thing
1: yeah i mean it's in a couple of things um this also got adapted to a scary stories telling the dark story um and okay. if you've seen candy man he's got a hook.
0: Candyman. Um, yeah. Uh, lo-
1: <laughs> Lovers well, Lane and hook.
0: he needs to pull the candy. I, yeah. can- <laughs> I guess. Oh, you mean and, on his hand?
1: Um, I yeah. Um, and I know as you did last summer, all follow killers with a hook. Lovers Lane is kind of the only one that follows this formula, but killer with a hook is kind of a, is kind of a not a okay. big horror trope. I think Candyman is probably the uh, the most well known one. Um, so the question is, can, is wait, wait, before what?
0: this, can you tell me who, can you describe the candy man to me? I'm not familiar because what I'm picturing uh, he's quite handsome. Okay, uh, he is like six feet
1: tall. He's got a hook for a hand. He's got all these bees, uh, coming out of his uh, mouth. Okay. Um,
0: okay. To a bit of a turn see- there.
1: Okay. First, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm not shocked that you haven't seen candy man, but I am sad because it is. A almost perfect horror film about to get another almost perfect remake by Jordan Peele. So okay, watch Candyman. It's so why is he called so the good. Candyman
0: if his main thing seems to be hook hand and bees? Why um, is he not called Bee Man?
1: Well, he, Candyman that that movie didn't create that legend. The Candyman okay. legend existed before. Okay, Adam, um, but I'm the not movie. Asking the filmmakers they touch, where they came up with they, Candyman.
0: I'm asking you.
1: They. <laughs> No, Candyman I think they, from? Don't, they don't Why talk about Why is he called about, Candyman? They don't talk about it Adam, in the Stop movie. avoiding the question. I don't know. <laughs> Why is
0: Candyman called Candyman? I
1: don't know. You I you, I haven't I didn't do okay, Candyman fine. research
0: for this episode. Go on with the podcast. Okay, I, do, I the rest of this podcast is in protest. Do you think
1: that this really happened?
0: Yes, they made a SpongeBob episode about it.
1: Okay, so similar to the babysitter story, oh, um, a story with these exact details has never been confirmed, but it does have its roots in some real-life events. Um, notably, the 1946 uh, Texarkana, Texarkana uh, Moonlight okay. Murders, uh, which is a series of murders of young couples that occurred in various lovers' lanes around uh, Texarkana. The killer was never identified or apprehended, but the events of the those murders were the inspiration for the film, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which is another really, really good horror
0: movie. And a great name for a, for a, on a horror movie as well. My problem, oh, yeah. and you know, I don't want to make light of, of a series of murders, mm-hmm. uh, but it really sucks for, you know, a kind of uh, author of a cowboy magic you YA series because exactly. Texarkana is a great name. Yeah,
1: it's very good. It's um, I had to look it's this a up a New too. World it's, of Warcraft. It's, it's a municipal. It's a municipal district. Uh, that uh, it's shared by the cities of. Oh my God! I should of Texas and in,
0: of Texas and Arkansas. Yeah, that's incredible.
1: Um, that's, that's why very it's very good. It is called that, but uh, yeah, I like it, that. The, we should do that more. Those those um. That that event is what inspired the town that dreaded sundown. So it's all kind of in the same realm. But again, these exact events have never been re- mm. reported or confirmed to have actually happened.
0: You know, I tried to start my own town kind of like that. And it was going to be like right kind of west of Binghamton. It was going to be called <laughs> York Sylvania. Um,
1: <laughs> York Sylvania sounds
0: like it could be a place in like Massachusetts. It sounds like a place that is on the border of new york and pennsylvania and it's where york peppermint patty wanted to make their <laughs> their big challenge to big hershey you know
1: they're like it's their response to
0: hershey's chocolate worlds exactly. and hershey park <laughs> yeah which we will <laughs> wait, definitely wait.
1: doesn't Hershey doesn't hershey make york peppermint patties
0: yeah but you know we have to bring that up you could have just let my bit <laughs> live sorry. and let twitter I tear i genuinely me apart.
1: didn't know <laughs> I genuinely don't know. You could also tell me, no, York is th- its own independent company. Yeah, and but I could I never lie to you, I would have believed you. I would believed you. Um, speaking of candy, yeah. um, the next thing that we're going to talk about is not really a, a one tried and true story. It's actually this kind of like pervasive myth mm-hmm. of the poisoned candy. So growing up, did your uh, parents or just any adult that was responsible
0: for you um, check your halloween candy before you ate it um i'm sure they did at some point um but it wasn't for poison it was for razor blades um okay that's fair yeah so i grew up in a area that uh uh was a kind of pendulum of of seediness uh my kind of neighborhood that i grew up in was not the safest Mm -hmm. for sometimes but it was pretty safe when i was a kid so like It was always kind of known that stuff like that could happen, uh, which is not something to joke about. But my problem with the idea of poison candy is like who in my head as a kid, I thought I didn't think, oh, maybe they sprinkled anthrax on it or whatever. To me, I thought uh, I thought somebody had to like take the candy bar out, eat it, make poison candy and then re-pour it in like a mold and then put it back into the wrapper. I I see what you mean. That's so much work. But like, yeah, our usual my rule, thing, our usual rule was that if a candy was opened, like if we came back, we always used to we always used to trick or treat in that neighborhood and there was like mischief night before and like people's houses would be egged mm-hmm. and we would all carry around pillowcases to carry candy. And when we got back mm-hmm. to our house, we would all like dump out our pillowcases. And if something was opened already, we threw it out just in case.
1: Yeah, that was the rule in my house, too, yeah. because in my brain, it was always like. People with like syringes full of like exactly. generic, yeah. like
0: <laughs> with a skull
1: and crossbow, movie villain poison, just yeah. injecting it into Snickers bars. But so, this is a it just from this discussion alone, this legend is extremely persistent and it's been a part of American culture since the 1960s and 1970s. Um, it's slightly different than the first two we talked about, as it's just not just like one story, but more of a, a, a no, like a shared warning or knowledge.
0: Um, Right. Almost like it it less it's less of a legend and more of a uh, I feel like there's a kind of quote unquote urban legend that is perpetrated purely by local news networks. You know?
1: Yeah. Like that is fully. uh, Very much like they're like, oh, here's the new thing the teens are doing, like the colored bracelets that meant like sex things and like that kind of pan. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And it was like Um, Jeanette, they're literally shaped like animals shut up. Yeah, but it also it also kind of feels like not to get super real, uh, but it also kind of feels like uh, local news stations often rely on like police reports uh, for their journalism. It's like a big problem and an institutional bias we have as journalists and mm. uh, police often do stuff like that specifically to deter certain like activity, like they don't want the, hooligan, yeah. the young hooligans to go around getting a bunch of candy because they don't want to have to deal with them. So they say that they're mm. like razor blades going into food so that the parents keep home they're like rowdy yeah. teenage kids
1: right so the the fear generally is that strangers on halloween night will ha- hide harmful things uh inside candy like razor blades needles broken glass or just any variety of poison yeah, or cleaning products kind of an arsenic
0: <laughs> thing yeah but the nice thing about arsenic is if if your kid has arsenic candy you can give them little bits until they they develop an immunity like uh like <laughs> that's in Princess crazy Fred.
1: Um, So because of this, many hospitals and doctor's offices uh, on Mm. Halloween night will like offer free candy x-rays. It's a common knowledge that uh, for parents that you should always check your kids Halloween candy before you let them eat it and that you should always throw away homemade treats like cookies, brownies and popcorn balls, which is my favorite Halloween treat of all times. Quite frankly, I don't care how many razor blades are in my popcorn ball. I'm going to eat it because eating a yeah. popcorn ball is already kind of painful. Yeah,
0: eating a popcorn ball or popcorn in general is all, already you're already signing up for a painful night of flossing yeah. afterwards, you know?
1: I will eat as many popcorn balls as you put in front of me. I don't care how many
0: <laughs> razor blades are inside them. You're you're a royal you're a like a queen's taster but specifically yeah, for exactly. popcorn balls popcorn balls <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I th- my is other that- problem with this is like, and I'm sure you're gonna talk about it, but there are no such mm-hmm. thing as like, like this idea of the like capital S stranger in in American yeah. suburban life, and specifically white suburban American life is so weird. Like what? stranger yeah. he's like in a big coat. He looks like the bad guy, uh, Goob from Meet the Robinsons. Like he's going okay. around the like this. The bowler hat guy. <laughs> uh, he's going around like this, and he like takes out a big syringe that's that's full of glowy green liquid and he, he he goes, "Hey kids, don't eat those gushers. I already squirted some of this in there, you know?"
1: Yeah, and it's like if there was generally like genuinely a house in my neighborhood that like my parents like didn't trust the person who lived there, they wouldn't let me trick or treat there in the first place. Yeah, but
0: also like the reason you didn't trust it wasn't because they had given poison candy, it was because no. you let them borrow your lawnmower a few years back and, and they, they never gave it, it back. back.
1: Yeah, Um, so this legend is so perfect. And like a lot of alternative trick-or-treating events have become popular solely because of this fear. Stuff like trunk-or-treats or or events held at churches, community centers, malls, retail stores and stuff. And I'll just be straight up and say that there have been zero proven cases of strangers killing or successfully injuring children with tainted Halloween candy. Mm. It has never happened. Um, There have been a like three attempts since the 1950s that
0: you could find in um, your research yeah
1: that i could find in my research um cop uh, at least that were like processed um there have been some copycat incidents kind of based on the legend or injuries where the it was uh, incidents where the injury was blamed on tainted halloween candy but ended up being something else um but the actual like nobody has ever gone out on halloween night and then found like razor blades in their apples and then reported it right if they have they haven't said anything yeah um and it makes sense that this myth is really prevalent in the 1960s and 70s because it was a really big time of social upheaval in the suburbs in the united states like we talked about before with the babysitter one um people began to distrust their neighbors uh in their suburbs uh because they became
0: less homogenous
1: yeah and spread this rumor to like incite a panic because of it
0: yeah and further um, so entrench like, these like not only uh the distrust of fellow neighbors but also entrench the uh kind of more insular communities of of places like churches and mm-hmm. and different community groups because those groups will tend to be tend to have higher barriers to entry
1: yeah they'll be homage. they'll all be the they'll same they'll be kind whiter
0: of and more elite and, yeah
1: yeah um so like i said there's been a couple of like incidents relating to this in 1956 a california dentist gave out um candy coated laxative pills oh nobody Dr. was poops hurt. a lot
0: <laughs> that was him right
1: yeah <laughs> doctor what's what's it it's md for medical doctor what's it for a dd uh dds doctor poops a lot dds <laughs> um Nobody was hurt, thankfully. Nobody ate these, um, and uh, he was charged with unlawful dispensing of drugs. That's probably good. Um, I don't. That was they they good don't say boss. why he did this. Yeah. Maybe this was like a uh, dentist, like
0: anti-Halloween candy statement. Yeah, he was like, "Man, I want." Yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of, <laughs> kind of mean, uh, and yeah. like, I, I don't want to speak for the whole podcast, but uh, I, I am anti-cop uh, and policing. Uh, But this was probably a good charge on on the DA's part, I would say. (laughs) On the DA's part. Um, So in
1: 1964, a woman in Long Island who uh, gave out packages of inedible things to children that she deemed too old for trick-or-treating. And these packages were filled with things like dog biscuits, steel wool, and ant buttons. Um. Nobody got hurt. Nobody ate these because obviously the contents were clearly inedible. And then she was prosecuted for doing this.
0: Arlene, lighten <laughs> up.
1: What are yeah, really? you talking about? Just uh, don't give him candy if it bothers you that much. Yeah.
0: And remember, as always, that if there are some older people trick or treating, they might be from a uh, set of uh, religions that did not allow children to trick or treat, and maybe this yeah. is their opportunity to get some candy and have that experience because it's if, a fun experience if just
1: just come give them your candy like you're giving the whole night is giving door, out just give free candy. candy
0: the whole night yeah. is about giving out free candy give out the free dang candy old people will not want more than one piece of candy i can't get halfway through a twix without going that's too much for me
1: <laughs> anybody who runs into me on halloween is getting candy anybody oh, absolutely. I, I, I on halloween i have
0: run, it on me at all times anybody who runs into me ever is getting a piece of candy Yeah. You'd like a Hershey's Um, kiss. Here's one for you. I always have them.
1: Yeah. Um, And then, like I said before, there have been uh, incidents of children getting injured on Halloween night that have been misattributed as candy tampering, but ended up being caused by some other medical factor.
0: Yeah. Um, And in the past, maybe uh, you went to the Halloween dance and uh, somebody who will go unnamed for anonymity's sake punched you in the face. Because they didn't like the fact that you were a young gay man. And then when you went home, you were like, no, mom, there was a razor blade in the apple. That's what happened. maybe it was yeah. just a kind of no, mom, everything's fine. This is a sad <laughs> in Don't move on.
1: Um, But <laughs> <laughs> so in the past couple of years, uh, one of the big warnings surrounding this has been about people giving out drugs that look like candy, like ecstasy or uh. people giving out edibles And I love how the general response to this has been that nobody in their right mind would just give out their expensive edibles to random kids on Halloween.
0: That's always the argument against things like this. And it and it 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 comes up when we are talking about like Internet censorship or a regulation Mm -hmm. of stuff like marijuana. It's like nobody's gonna give this stuff to kids. Kids don't appreciate it. If you paid
1: for edibles, you're not just going to give them out to random kids on Halloween
0: yeah that's they're mine i may i spend a long time on those and i was gonna sell them in an upcycling etsy you know (laughs) that doesn't make any sense but Um, go on
1: but yeah um so this is actually it reminded me a lot of the i don't know if you've heard of the blue star tattoo myth um it was an urban legend that uh temporary like lick and stick tattoos of Cartoon characters like Mickey Mouse and Bart Simpson um, were being soaked in
0: LSD and then distributed to any given area. Okay. I hadn't heard it called the Blue Star Tattoo Myth. I did kind of know this. I do like, there are a few things I like about this. One, the okay. fact that you uh, cited Mickey Mouse and Bart Simpson, just a dynamic duo in and of themselves. The yeah. phrase soaked in LSD is very lovely. Uh, just really just <laughs> sodden with the stuff. Yeah. Um, Uh, but that's very good. I did kind of feel high when I used to do those tongue tattoos that were on fruit roll-ups. That used to give me a high, but it was more of a creative high, you know? Yeah. The high you get after getting like a piercing or a tattoo. It was that feeling.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, poison candy and other popular, that probably won't die down anytime soon. Um... But I mean, like, I guess it can't, it literally doesn't hurt to check your kids candy before you, um, yeah, if you receive anything candy. from people you don't know, yeah. keep checking your kids candy. Check your but kids I don't candy, think... but
0: not because you think that it's bad that your community is getting blacker, you know, like that's not the yeah. reason, Shannon.
1: Take the, um, take the good stuff that you like out of it and then yeah, check your kids' the candy
0: kids. so that you can take all of the dots which were for some reason my favorite candy I love as a kid dots. no dots were good Dots were good but they're nothing
1: now like, what's your favorite gummy. candy
0: now adam um i think reese's pieces okay a safe one i'm not a big fan of peanut butter is my issue but my other issue okay. which i've shared with a lot of people is that i don't really like chocolate i think it's too sweet i love chocolate. that is a problem but it's too sweet but okay i love sour stuff so Ooh, like, I do like sour things? I can't eat a whole Hershey's bar, but I could destroy a bag of extreme Sour Patch Kids, which is <laughs> which is objectively disgusting and a gross yeah. thing to do.
1: I definitely could I, I love Sour Patch Kids. I definitely couldn't destroy an entire bag. Like oh, I think my two And the regular ones off. are
0: bad. The regular ones are bad and they're not sour at all. Uh which is a part of Oh, a, what what are you talking about? Like an extreme sour patch kid? Yeah, they're called extreme sour patch kids. They don't oh, sell them I've in never some places. Um, I've never seen those. Yeah, they're very good. Anyway,
1: anyway let's talk about uh, finally, the one that's
0: true, the one that is finally, actually true.
1: Finally, we're going to talk about a really fun one. Um, so this is the myth of the sewer alligators of New York City. Yes. Um, so since the 1920s and 1930s, the rumor has been that uh, displaced alligators Inhabit the sewers of numerous large cities. Mostly, uh, people are talking about New York when they talk about this. Yes. So um, this part is true. Up until the mid 20th century, tourist shops in Florida would sell baby alligators in fish tanks as souvenirs for like idiots to take home. We never
0: change. It's just like micro pigs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) stupid. Um. But so the story is that tourists from New York City would buy these gators, these snowbirds, and raise them as a pet. Yeah, try and raise them as a pet, flush them down the toilet when they got too big. Which I okay. don't understand, because if, they, if they're too big to raise in your home anymore, certainly they are too big to flush down your toilet.
0: Yeah, that's, that was also the part I bumped on, Adam. That also that doesn't check out. Yeah.
1: That doesn't track. Um, hey, don't keep unauthorized exotic pets.
0: Exotic pets are not also, illegal to keep yeah. you from having fun. They're illegal because it is not good for the animal or for you to yeah. own them.
1: Don't belong in your house. But uh, anyway, these alligators that were flushed allegedly survived off of eating rats and garbage in the uh-huh. sewers. Um, They started to breed with each other and then began to populate the sewers with their yes. descendants surviving to this day.
0: Yes. Much to the fear of every sewer worker in New York City. Yep. And because of evolution, uh, only the strong ones survived. And now there are super gators. The size of yeah. of car sedan of sedans um, and they are in an eternal battle with the sedan sized queen rat that exists somewhere in the New York sewer. Um, and so King K. Rule from Donkey Kong and Queen Rat are in a never ending battle for the New York City sewers. Uh, you can call me up WB if you want to pursue this. My new reboot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll be I'll take my answer off the air. OK.
1: Um, There's also versions of this uh, legend with albino gators and blind gators as a result of them not being exposed to any sunlight. So now they have sonic powers.
0: Now they can yell and they know where stuff is. They're like daredevil. (laughs)
1: Um, Also mutant gators. uh, Much larger than normal, like you were saying. And then with strange colors. Right, except Um, mine is true. Yeah, exactly. Made mutant by the toxic chemicals in the sewage. Right. So um, is this true? Absolutely not. Well, you know, agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, in my scientific opinion, it is way too cold in the winter for them to survive because alligators need warm temperatures year round. Adam, I have, sewer... really,
0: Adam I have really bad news. You know how you see yeah. steam coming up from manholes? It's because the sewer yeah. is actually very hot even in the winter. Because of so, all the alligators? Checkmate. No, because sewage ferments and it's <laughs> disgusting and it makes hot air. It's hot down there. So well, first it's point. Still, it's not. It's so still not hot atheist. enough.
1: It's still not hot enough to sustain alligator
0: life. Okay, sure. Keep going. I'm going to continue um, to debunk you. And also, you. Sewer,
1: sewer water is super polluted.
0: Yeah, but they live in the mud all the dang time.
1: And also, they should have fixed the rat problem by now. That's... No, they're in an eternal struggle. With the with the queen rat? Yeah, how many rats would New York City have then if we didn't have these gators?
0: Exactly. That's what we <laughs> never think about. It's like the whole, you, you know, spiders. If spiders didn't exist, we'd be knee deep in insects within 48 yeah. hours, which is a real true fact. Look it up. And mm-hmm. if there were no sewer alligators, we would be knee deep in rats in 48 hours. All of New York City. Yeah. So thank you, so- Alligators.
1: Um, there have been a couple of actual reported alligator sightings in New York City. Okay. Oh, um, in 1935, an eight foot long alligator was found at the bottom of a manhole in East Harlem. Yep. Uh, it and was suspected was to have fallen off. <laughs> and that's how Devin <laughs> came to be in New York. Um, it was suspected to have fallen off of a boat that came from the Everglades and then it swam up the Harlem River and eventually found itself in this manhole. I like that a lot. Um, and then in 2006, a two-foot-long caiman, which is an alligator-like reptile, yeah. but not specifically an alligator. We all know what a caiman uh, ca- is, ca- Adam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was captured outside an apartment building in Brooklyn. Probably a pet. And that apartment was Devin's apartment. Yep, that was that was my son. And His then name is in George. August, in August 2010... A two foot long alligator was captured in Queens after residents saw it hiding under a
0: parked car. That was his car, and he got locked. He he got locked out, and he was just waiting. He's looking for the keys. Because they're cold blooded. So he was waiting for his mom to come and give him his keys back because she always keeps the spare keys because she's always telling him, you can't not, you know, you can't only have one set of keys. Go get those keys copied. I know it's illegal to copy the multi-locks, but my guy down on the corner, he'll do it. You just have to pay him an extra 20 bucks and he'll do it right there. Um, so he was just trying to hide under the parked car. He's cold-blooded. He needs some shade. And these people um, ruined his life.
1: <laughs> so I... Um, I'm very upset that there have been alligator settings in New York because growing up in Florida, I'm very afraid of alligators.
0: And 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 I thought I had
1: escaped them here.
0: Yeah, that was your main reason. You were telling your parents for however many years of your early life, please, mom, please, dad, I want to get away from these gators.
1: I have to get away from the gators. People always ask
0: me why I'm afraid of alligators
1: because they're like they're not a real threat to you. And like they were. At one point <laughs> I was
0: perfect alligator munching size. Yeah, that's true. If I were friends with you when we were both little, I would have thrown you into a big alligator's mouth.
1: Wow.
0: But it's Why? I, because I love alligators and I would have thought that would be a fun thing for you. Exposure therapy. Yeah. Um also my most popular tweet of 2019 was or maybe I guess it was earlier this year when uh mm-hmm. COVID started to hit the city. Uh I tweeted uh, when all the eco-fascists were talking about how we're the real virus or whatever, I mm-hmm. tweeted, nature is healing. Uh, the gators have returned to New York sewer.
1: <laughs> Maybe they're there now. Who the knows yeah. what's going on? I haven't been to the city in a while. So, yeah, it's wild up there. Gators the are walking down the
0: street. Uh, yeah. It's anarchy. Bill de Blasio doesn't have anything under control. Vote him out.
1: All right. Well, those are some of my favorite uh, urban legends. I would love if everybody listening could share some of your favorite, yeah, definitely. urban legends. With Please us.
0: do. Tweet at either of us or at the podcast. Mm-hmm. We will retweet them. This is and yeah, especially I because, want to learn some more fun ones. Yeah. Apparently, there were no rules for this because three of these were <laughs> urban legends and one of them was a PSA about razors and candy. So, <laughs> well, I'm gonna have okay. a chat with Adam about this <laughs> outline after the show. No. I'm just joking. It was a great episode. Share your urban legends with us. Uh, But that'll do it for us here on episode 24 of the Great American Stream. Uh, We hope you enjoyed. If you did, you can leave a uh, review on iTunes if that's where you are. You can also subscribe there or wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, which is kind of our main platform at this point. You can follow and you can also share the link straight from whatever episode you're listening to right now. Uh, But the best way to spread the word about the show is to tell a friend about it, Uh, tell a friend who likes to get spooked, likes to laugh and likes to do both at the same time. Adam, can you pimp our social medias?
1: Uh, Yes, you can check us out on Twitter at Great Scream Pod and also on Facebook at The Great American Scream. Uh, If there's something that you would like to hear us talk about on the show or if you want to share uh, one of your favorite urban legends, feel free to tweet at us or post using the hashtag TGAS.
0: Yes, and a special thank you goes out to Michael Segudo, who does our intro, and Stevie Viola, who does our music. I would also like to bump The Queer Experience, which is a podcast that Adam was on, uh, which is a lovely podcast. You should go listen to it. Yeah, and this
1: ep- the episode I'm on might be out by the time this episode is released. If this, yes. if it is August 7th or beyond, then you can go check out the episode that I'm on. Yeah,
0: If not, subscribe to it now, and then you can get it when it comes out. Um, and for me... Uh, uh devinwright.com i got some stuff going on too sometimes uh yeah but if you want to see more of me uh email my manager <laughs> and get me some work <laughs> no but seriously thank you guys so much for listening it is so much fun to make these and i believe that's it for us adam
1: yeah i believe it's so too yeah
0: i have been devin Wright. i have been adam o'connell and hopefully you have been spooked
1: Yeah, overnight me some popcorn balls, but do it safely.